to the February 2023 edition of Agribusiness News, brought to you by the Farm Advisory Service. Agribusiness News helps you to scan your horizon, prepare for industry changes, and keeps you abreast of the latest research and policy updates. Along with our regular monthly updates on policy briefs, cereals and oilseed rape, beef, sheep, and milk. In this edition, we're also bringing you two sector overviews on new concentrates and changes to the slurry management regulations. We will also be bringing you news on input costs of feed and forage and a Management Matters article on bull fertility. Hello, my name is Anna Sellers and I am the editor of this month's edition. First up, we have this month's news. The year has opened with some stark evaluative figures on the UK's economic performance through 2022, with the UK being the only major industrialised country to see a retraction in its economy throughout the year and no recovery to pre-pandemic levels. The Office for Budget Responsibility now predicts that the economy will be in recession for around a year from quarter three 2022, with a contraction of around 0.6% over 2023. These predictions are reflected in the interest rate rise from 3.5% to 4%, the 10th rise since 2021 announced on the 2nd of February. Three years on from Brexit, businesses are reflecting that deregulation and trade deals, and subsequently UK trade overall, has lagged behind post-Brexit expectations, with increased costs and the highest UK inflation rate since 1982 exacerbating issues. Given that globally the International Monetary Fund forecasts growth of 2.9% this year, it is hoped that the UK will begin to bounce back in 2024. In farming news, recent analysis has indicated that the national beef herd has shrunk in the last year to an average size of 143 cows and a fall in 413,000 cows between 2011 and 2021. This figure in itself indicates various factors, including record prices for cull cows, an uptick in consumer demand for red meat in response to rising white meat prices, and a subsequent offloading of unproductive cows towards the end of 2022. This could mean one of two major things for the beef industry, a possible shortage of animals in the coming months or an improvement in productivity of the national herd. To help achieve the latter, our Management Matters article highlights the importance of bull fertility. Moving on to this month's policy briefs. With a majority of farmers having now been notified whether or not the 2022 Agri-Environmental Climate Scheme application has been successful, From 30th of January, EECS 2023 is open for applications. In addition to the new round focusing on agri-environment support and slurry storage options to help achieve the Scottish Government's target of doubling the amount of land under organic management by 2026, the area cap will be suspended for the conversion and maintenance of organic farmland for EECS 2023 applications. To simplify application and administrative procedures, support funding for slurry storage can be accessed using the existing slurry storage option which is available under EECS. Slurry storage will now be available nationally with the exception of areas designated as nitrate vulnerable zones. Businesses that currently house livestock on slurry-based systems with less than six months storage capacity will be eligible to apply. Slurry storage contracts will be issued by the end of April 2023 with the anticipation that work will be carried out in 2023 and claimed by 29th of February 2024. Businesses should consider this element carefully before applying as there will be no 
ability to defer work to another year. For the 2023 EECS application round, the option for creation of hedgerows will be limited to 500 metres per application and the following elements will not be available. Improving public access, pond creation, muir burn and heather cutting, restoring dry stone or flagstone dikes, bracken treatment, both mechanised and chemical. As part of tighter laws to protect Scotland's wildlife, the Scottish Government has passed new legislation to prevent the chasing and killing of wild mammals for sport. Under the Hunting with Dogs Scotland 2023 Bill, a new two-dog limit for all use of dogs in the course of hunting will be introduced, as well as a ban on the practice of trail hunting. The new bill will also establish a new licensing scheme to allow the use of more than two dogs in certain limited circumstances. This is to provide farmers and land managers access to appropriate and humane control measures where necessary. Following on from the introduction last year of the Cost of Living Tenant Protection Scotland Act 2022, the emergency measures introduced to protect tenants will be extended until the 30th of September 2023, with an option for a further six-month extension if required. From the 1st of April 2023, the following changes to the Act will be implemented. Limited to once per 12 months, landlords can increase private rents by up to 3%. Private landlords can apply to Rent Service Scotland for rent increases of up to 6% to help cover specific costs, including increases in mortgage interest payments on the property, an increase in landlord's insurance, and or increases in service charges paid as part of a tenancy. The ban on evictions will continue with the exception of certain situations such as a private landlord needing to sell due to financial hardship or a tenant engaging in antisocial or criminal behaviour. Increased damages for unlawful evictions of up to 36 months worth of rent will continue to apply. The rent cap for student accommodation will be suspended, recognising its limited impact on annual rents set on the basis of an academic year. The deadline for hosts to apply for a short-term letting licence is being extended by six months to the 1st of October 2023. The new deadline applies to anyone operating as a host before the 1st of October 2022. Hosts who started operating after the 1st of October 2022 must have applied for and obtained a licence before accepting guests and bookings. Key dates to note. 24th of March 2023, EECS, Slurry Storage Application Deadline. 7th of June 2023, EECS, Organic Conversion and Maintenance Deadline and Agri-Environment Application Deadline. Moving on to cereals and oilseed rape. The UK began 2023 with a sizeable export surplus of wheat following higher initial carry-in stocks and a rise in output from the 2022 harvest over 2021. A fall in wheat imports has led to the increased availability we're currently experiencing, and estimates put the UK surplus at 2.25 million tonnes, more than double last year's surplus and the highest for several years. The barley balance sheet remains tight, however, despite seeing a rise in production and a fall in animal feed demand. Maize usage has been capped by more competitively priced and readily available domestic grains. Oats are seeing a strong run on exports following another sizeable crop. Total cereal demand for animal feed for 2022-23 is expected to be the lowest for five years, driven in principle by the monogastric sectors. Poultry feed demand is declining in the face of tighter producer margins, egg producers particularly. Avian flu impacts and general falling consumer demand associated with the rising cost of living. 
With the national pig herd reducing in size, pig feed production is anticipated to fall back from last year's highs as well. Cattle feed demand is expected to remain stable. However, by way of contrast, wheat use for the bioethanol and starch industries is expected to increase by 8%, more than offsetting the decline in flour miller demand. The 25% increase in the differential between total cereal availability and domestic consumption compared to last year is part of the reason we've seen wheat futures price continue with steady downward runs since early October. Currently, £226 per tonne for May 2023, a fall of £50 per tonne over the last four months. Come the spring, we may see prices firming as our domestic surplus stocks continue to clear. Recent rains in the US central belt, however, are adding further pressure on prices in the UK currently. The feed barley market remains quiet meanwhile. Demand is slow across Europe and North Africa markets for opting for maize and wheat over barley. Malting barley in Scotland enjoyed a favourable harvest in 2022 and traded at premiums in the region of £50 per tonne over feed, a considerable increase over the previous three years' premiums, which remained below £20 per tonne. Supply and demand could be tighter in 23-24, with new malt processing investments coming into production and the expected 5% reduction in area to be sown this spring. Demand is expected to reach and possibly exceed 1 million tonnes, and supply looks marginal without good yields. Oilseed rape continues to come under pressure, falling through €550 Euros per tonne on the May Paris futures. Currently delivered price into Dundee is £445 per tonne. Now let's move on to beef. Retail demand for red meat remains high, which has led to several processors increasing prices in January to source finished cattle. Processors are actively looking for cattle, many without waiting lists. The continued reduction of the Scottish suckler herd, less than 400,000 breeding beef cows, is now influencing supplies of both store and finished cattle. Finishers emptied sheds pre-Christmas on the back of strong finished prices, with consumers opting for red meat on their Christmas table, which is now hindering the numbers available for slaughter. This tightening supply has led to a growing shortage of all types of cattle, which is strengthening prices. At week ending, January 21, Scottish R4L steers were sitting at 465 pence per kilogram deadweight. Irish price is now above ours, supported by the export market. The finished price might look good on paper. However, current returns for finished cattle are still not in line with increased costs involved. Input costs have increased by 40%. Store cattle prices in January have started very strongly. As finishers look to fill sheds, this, along with a tightened supply and an ease back in the price of barley, has seen a great demand for store cattle at the start of the year, with cattle in excess of 500 kilograms keenly bid for. However, as we've alluded to, finished margins remain to be squeezed, with prices paid recently for some of those heavier continental types leaving very little margin. Going forward, it is likely that a two-tier market will develop with heavier, quicker finished stores in demand, with finishers not wanting lighter, longer keep animals. We could be seeing a greater divide between efficient units turning over large numbers quickly compared with more extensive grass-fed systems. Store sales at the start of January were strongly supported by English buyers as the supply of continental bred calves tightened south of the border. 
with reports of high numbers of Scottish stores being sold into England to be finished. Undoubtedly, the supply for Scottish abattoirs will tighten. It will be interesting to see how processors respond, as retailers are already reluctant to pay more due to the current economic consumer crisis. The phenomenal demand for cheaper manufacturing beef, mince etc. continues, with the price farmers are receiving for cull cows still incredibly high. Cows are now being sold at 400 pence per kilogram dead weight, with live market for well-fleshed cows surpassing all expectations with numbers going through the ring increasing each week. A number of marts reported average prices for cull cows increased throughout January, with a record price of £2,750 paid for a 1,196kg Charolais cow in Aberdeenshire. The strong demand for a cheaper beef is likely to continue as consumers struggle with the cost of living and January credit card bills. The number of cows being culled is not only due to attractive price Higher feed and fuel costs and the unprecedented increase in fertiliser are behind many decisions to cut cow numbers resulting in acceleration of the reduction of the UK's breeding herd. The reality for many farmers is that cash flow will still have a strong influence on 2023 and if suckler herd business efficiency and viability is to be maintained, businesses may need to consider longer term strategies. Moving on to sheep, the prime lamb trade has been depressed for the start of the year, showing values well behind that of 2021 and 2022. January has been a tough month for many consumers, having looming credit card bills following Christmas, combined with the cost of living crisis. While the UK domestic market is struggling, all reports show that global supply of lambs and sheep meat are low, which is generating good demand. The highest of this demand coming from EU, Asia and America. New Zealand and Australia have tied in well as your Asian and American market, meaning we have great opportunity to push more products to the EU. With this in mind, I think we will see this price recovering to some degree over the next month. The 2022 UK lamb crop was bumper, with a rise in the ewe flock of 3%, an excellent lambing season, saw an estimated 17.9 million lambs enter the national flock. Looking at the total sale of lambs in 2022, we were slightly ahead of 2021 in terms of numbers sold, with a 3% increase, mostly due to producers offloading early to prevent feeding expensive concentrates. Lamb finishing feed was £400 per tonne, which would make you think the carcass weight would be lower. However, carcass weights averaged 20.2 kilograms, which is very similar to 2021. There are still a good volume of lambs to enter the marketplace, which will probably hold the price back from last year's highs. But with a global shortage of lamb, we will see a recovery in the current low price. Cull ewe sales saw a phenomenal trade in 2022, again due to the global shortage in sheep meat. The price dipped down at the end of the year due to an increased supply pre-tupping. With the increased cost of inputs, many selected culls hard to ensure all non-productive animals were out of the flock which resulted in more use than normal coming forward. In January 2023, prices have been back by £10 per ewe on average, again due to producers selling with a poorer finish. The total added kill figure for 2022 are estimated at 1.2 million sheep, which shows a rise of 4% compared to 2021. In 2023, the Muslim festival Ramadan will be the 22nd of March to the 21st of April. Demand for sheep meat will be increased for this time. 
Global trade for lamb sales in January showed rather similar trends to the UK, with New Zealand, Australia and Ireland all showing a decrease from the 2022 values in January. While Spain and France have seen an increase in price by 0.29 euros per kilogram and 0.5 euros per kilogram respectively, with a French lamb standing at 8.22 euros per kilogram for the week ending 21st of January. The larger decline in price is New Zealand lamb, where prices have fallen from 5.19 euros per kilogram in January 2022 to 4.09 euros per kilogram deadweight for January 2023, which is 50% of the French value. The question is, when does French lamb get too expensive for the French consumer? AHDB have recently highlighted that dairy concentrate feed prices have rocketed from under £250 per tonne in January 2021 to over £360 per tonne in October 2022. We're even seeing sheep concentrates sitting above this. Going into 2023, many are paying £380 per tonne for ewe concentrates this month. In part driven by rising feed costs, the cost of production for lamb has increased substantially in recent years. However, with high lamb prices in the last couple of years buffering this cost, many are continuing with their status quo production system. For demonstration, SAC consultant Daniel Stout has modelled a comparison for typical flock feeding 50 kilograms per year of concentrates using QMS financials for upland flocks in 2019 and 2021. In 2019, the flock rearing at 145% selling majority of lambs finished achieved a small net margin of £6 per ewe when concentrate prices were £280 per tonne. In 2021, concentrate costs were £304 per tonne. This meant they were up £1.20 per ewe and other costs up £4 per ewe. This however coincided with a major increase in lamb prices, up £25 per lamb meaning a strong net margin of £25.80 per ewe was achieved. We have looked at three scenarios for the flock. Scenario 1 continues with the same production system, with costs continuing to rise, including concentrates at £380 per tonne, which is now £19 per ewe, the equivalent of £13 per lamb. With lamb prices stable, this still gives a modest but reduced return of £18 per ewe, provided lamb prices stay high. This is viable until scenario 2, when lamb values drop back to 2019 prices. Lower lamb prices compounded by high production costs mean that flock is budgeted to lose £7 per ewe on a net margin basis. This demonstrates a production system typical of many Scottish flocks that is wholly unresilient in market forces, reliant on high lamb prices for any chance of profit in part due to its reliance on purchased feeds for late pregnancy and early lactation ewe feeding. Concentrate feeding has become seen by many as an essential part of sheep production. However, provided the sufficient quantity of spring grass, this can meet all the ewe's nutritional requirements. Key to having sufficient quantity of pasture is to better match spring grass growth with rising nutritional requirements for the ewe. Looking at grazed grass supply and demand data, March lambing is out of sync with grass growth, meaning supplementation is required through pregnancy and lactation with heavy reliance on supplementary feed. April lambing, meanwhile, matches peak demand of lactation with rising grass growth, meaning supplementation is only required in pregnancy. 
For May lambing, sufficient posh is available from six weeks pre-lambing, meaning prior supplement can be met by silage alone, as it is only required for early pregnancy when demands are low. This is of course a shift in feed demand to later in the season with younger lambs. QMS figures for the top third performing flocks for profit, however, show concentrate feeding, down to 12 kilograms per ewe, to be the single biggest cost saving over average flocks, with these flocks also achieving superior sales output. The final scenario, three, shows if concentrate use can be reduced down to 12 kilograms per ewe, even under increasing costs and low 2019 lamb prices, this can bring the flock back to a positive net margin of £7.44 per ewe. Whilst many high-input sheep systems have been profitable in the past, that doesn't mean they're necessarily fit for the future in which input costs are so much higher. AHDB milk production data shows that output for December 2022 is estimated at 1,238.34 million litres before butterfat adjustment, an increase of 20.16 million litres on a year-on-year basis. Cumulative UK production for the 2022-23 milk year to the end of December 2022 stands at 11,230.18 million litres before butterfat adjustment. After a sluggish start to the year, UK production has been increasing since September 2022. Cumulative production to the end of December 2022 is now only 9.78 million litres lower than the same time last year. The UK average milk price for December 2022 is estimated at 51.51 pence per litre, an increase of 0.45 pence per litre from the previous month, and a year-on-year increase of 17 pence per litre from December 2021. The following list highlights farm gate prices for February 2023. Please note that the following prices are in pence per litre. Sainsbury's, members of the Sainsbury Dairy Development Group will receive a 1.0 price reduction from 1st of February. This takes the liquid standard litre price down from 47.50 to 46.50 from Muller suppliers. All are members of SDDG will receive the same 1.0 reduction from 1st of February and will see their price move down from 47.38 to 46.38. Tesco. The Tesco Sustainable Dairy Group is set to reduce by 1.0 from 1st of February. The decrease takes the liquid standard litre price down from 48 to 47 in line with the Muller Direct price milk reduction. Graham's Dairies. 2.0 price cut from 1st of February. This takes the liquid standard litre price down from 46.0 to 44.0. Muller Direct, 1.0 price cut confirmed from 1st of February. This takes the liquid standard litre price for Scottish suppliers back to 46.75. 47 for English and Welsh suppliers. Muller Organic, 1.0 price cut confirmed from 1st of February. The organic Farmgate milk price reduces to 55.0. Muller Lidl, 1.0 price cut to the Muller Lidl three-year fixed price contract from 1st of February. The reduction is in line with the reduction to the Muller Direct milk price and takes liquid standard litre price down to 47. First milk will hold prices from January into February 2023. 
First milk liquid is 48.02 and first milk manufacturing is 49.68. Fresh milk company, 1.40 price cut confirmed from 1st of February. This takes the liquid standard litre price down to 46.81. U-Tree Dairy, 1.0 reduction to A volume litres. This takes liquid standard litre price down from 48 to 47. Arla Foods Amber, due to the early release of the January 2023 edition of Agribusiness News, Arla's reduction to the January milk price went unreported. The Arla milk price reduced by 1.0 euro cent from 1st of January, with a further reduction being applied because of a negative adjustment to the quarterly currency smoothing mechanism. In total, the liquid standard litre price reduced by 1.13 to 49.11 from 1st of January. For the main UK dairy commodity prices for January, butter has fallen to £4,120 per tonne, skimmed milk powder has fallen to £2,270 per tonne, Bulk cream is £1,747 per tonne and mild cheddar to £4,200 per tonne. From 1st of April 2023, Muller is to adopt a two-tier A and B pricing system in a bid to improve competitiveness and transparency and stability for its 1,300 suppliers. Muller estimate that 94% of its intake will receive the A price. This will be the price paid for all litres destined for Muller's retail customers. The B price will be paid on the remaining 6% of intake, which is destined for the ingredients market. The B price will be based on published global indices and it may exceed or fall below the A price at various times of the year. We're now going to move on to slurry management regulations. Recent updates to slurry, manure, sewage sludge and anaerobic digestate regulations mean there are a few changes farmers and contractors now need to be aware of when applying organic manures such as livestock slurry. The most recent change to take effect is the move away from splash plates and rain guns for slurry application, with a total ban on splash plates coming into effect five years from the date of the regulations coming into force. Precision application equipment such as trailing shoe, dribble bar or injection will reduce emissions, protect water quality and could make better use of the nutrients. Alongside slurry management and storage, other changes introduced to update the Water Environment Controlled Activities Scotland Amendment Regulations 2021 cover the making and storage of silage in bales or bulk bags and control over the storage of liquid digestate, adding to and updating the current general binding rules. Some of the regulations come into effect in stages between 2022 and 2027, giving farmers and land managers time to make any changes needed to comply. There are some transitional arrangements in place for those with smaller herds. Subject to the number of livestock units, some farms will still be able to use an inverted splash plate to apply slurry until the 1st of January 2027, giving time for everyone to move across to full precision application. Note, this doesn't apply to contractors who should have already made the switch to low emission precision application techniques at the start of the year. Farms with less than 100 milking cows or less than 200 beef cattle livestock units can take advantage of this transitional period, being able to use an inverted splash plate until the 1st of January 2027. 
For pig enterprises, it's less than 800 fattening pigs or 800 sows to qualify. It's worth noting that these threshold numbers don't distinguish between those on slurry and those on straw courts. The cutoff considers total livestock numbers on the farm. For those questioning what qualifies as beef cattle livestock unit, under these regulations, beef cattle two years and older are classed as a single unit, whereas from birth to two years, the animal is classed as 0.5 of a unit. All farms applying slurry and manure should have a RAMS map in place. The RAMS map should clearly show no spread, high, medium and low risk sites for organic fertiliser applications. The recent updates mean that your RAMS map should also now include the location of field heaps plus field sizes, but other than that the information you include in your RAMS map is broadly the same. The person applying slurry on farm must have sight of the RAMS map before spreading and be aware of the no spread zones, for example keeping a 10 metre buffer around watercourses. This buffer may need to be increased on sites sloping towards a watercourse. Another consideration is the amount of slurry produced over a 22 week house period, 26 weeks for house pigs, including other additions entering the system and how much storage is required. Rainfall, collection from dirty yards and silage pits all need to be factored in, but taking a closer look at these inputs may show areas for reduction and ultimately free up storage space for slurry. Scottish Government have announced that funding to support slurry storage will be included in the current round of the Agri-Environmental Climate Scheme funding for 2023, closing on the 24th of March 2023. For further details, see the EECS page on the Scottish Government website or speak to your local agricultural consultant. The Farming and Water Scotland website hosts the updated Know the Rules fact sheets, which include slurry storage requirements, fact sheet 1, organic fertiliser application, fact sheet 8, and a how-to guide to drawing up your own RAMS map, fact sheet 9. Follow the initiative on Facebook and Twitter using at FarmWaterScott to keep up to date. There's also a range of information at Scotland's Farm Advisory Service website, alongside access to the free FAS advice line. Now we have input costs of feed and forage. The SRUC lab carried out analysis of silages received between July 22 and January 23 of first and second cut pit and bale. On average, pit silages have analysed slightly better in energy. However, protein content is very similar between pit and bales. There is a slight uplift in the protein in second silage cuts compared to first cuts both in the pit and bales. Therefore, the ration may need reformulated slightly if changing from first cut onto second cut or vice versa, but always make decisions based on your own analysis. The dry matter is on average slightly higher in second cut pit silages compared to first cut and on average very similar between bales. It should be noted there is a huge variation in samples analysed, ranging from 18 to 75% dry matter. This will affect the quantity of silage animals need to consume to meet their requirements. The average figures of silage dry matter across pit and bale samples are ideal for a pre-lambing ewe to aid palatability and meat intake requirements. However, it is essential to have your own forage analysed and balance this with the most appropriate supplement 
and avoid over or underestimating the contribution from forage. In terms of feed costs, prices should be treated as a guide only and are quoted based on full 27 tonne loads delivered, therefore will vary depending on location. At the time of writing, end of January, wheat prices are remaining slightly lower at £254 per tonne. Nutritionally, feed wheat is worth around £20 per tonne more than barley. However, in March we may see a lift in prices as domestic surplus stocks are cleared and particularly if Russia decide to limit their exports. Feed barley is priced at £228 per tonne and maize around £300 per tonne. The demand for feed barley is slow across Europe, with countries such as Ireland and France opting for maize. A guide price for molasses, 8 tonne delivered load in central Scotland, is pricing around £351 for molasses cane. Sugar beet pulp is priced at around £380 per tonne. Unfortunately, due to heavy frost and an already smaller crop, this has now been left even smaller. This will mean limited availability reflected in the high prices. Soya hulls are coming in at £75 per tonne cheaper, therefore are still the best value fibre source replacement. However, note lower energy, 12ME versus 12.5ME for beet pulp, and they tend to be more dusty, poorer quality pellet. There's also potential availability could be affected by Argentinian dryness, so worth forward planning. Protein prices have been firming on the back of the rice and soya prices. Wheat and maize distillers' dark grains have limited availability, and with the Vivergo plant still not running since before Christmas, this is having an effect on those nearby, as they are having to source alternatives. Prices are sitting around £393 per tonne and £378 per tonne, respectively. Soya is the biggest mover this week, with prices being quoted at around £568 per tonne, which will have a knock-on effect on the price of high-protein concentrates. This could have a big effect on those yet to buy their ewe rolls in the run-up to lambing. There is concern this will rise further due to drought conditions in Argentina, which has led to a 45-50% yield loss, in addition to at least 0.5 million hectares that will not have been planted. 10% of the total acreage. There is currently a £50 per tonne difference between April and May soya. Therefore, shippers could go very tight in April, coupled with the news in Argentina. This could be a perfect storm. However, worth bearing in mind, we did see a similar story last year, although the difference being that Brazil are predicting a bumper crop this year, therefore easing supply concerns, but not currently reflected in the price. Rapeseed meal looks reasonable in comparison at around £393 per tonne, although worth bearing in mind if using in a home blend there could be an issue with palatability, but this may make protected rapeseed alternatives to soil more appealing. In summary, forward plan your feed budget, contact your suppliers and sit down with your feed advisor sooner rather than later. Finally, we will move on to bull fertility. There aren't many jobs advertised where you get your board, lodgings, lots of fresh air and exercise and only need to work for 9 to 12 weeks a year. However, it is not all a bed of roses for a stock bull. Hidden in the unwritten small print, failure to perform often leads to death. Not just dismissal as the stakes are high. No calves, no income. 
based on the recommended key performance indicators for suckler herds to achieve a compact calving period, i.e. 95% of cows calved within nine weeks, a mature bull should be capable of successfully serving 30 to 40 cows within a nine-week period and at least 65% in the first three weeks of the breeding season. With the bull sale season upon us and just a few months before bulls are called on to carry out their full year's work in just two to three months, from a management perspective, new and existing bulls need to be physically and physiologically fit. Bull fertility is linked to structural soundness, the size of reproductive organs, semen quality, libido, nutritional status and the bull's age and stage of maturity. While estimated breeding values give an indication of the bull's potential, it is a well-documented fact that selecting bulls for increased grotal circumference should increase inherent fertility in both male and female progeny. For males, there is a significant correlation between scrotal circumference and both sperm cell volume and the percentage of normal sperm. For females, earliness of puberty in heifers is strongly linked to the scrotal circumference of their sire. In a three-year trial run by SRUC vet Ian McCormick, it has been found that on average one in five bulls fail a fertility test, irrespective of age or breed. Young bulls fail just as much as older ones. While bulls often fail for more than one reason, 80% are due to problems with sperm morphology and motility. The percentage of normal size and shape sperm seems to decline by 5-6% to per annum for bulls that have consistently passed previous year's tests. Getting bulls routinely screened for fertility, spermiogram, will highlight a potential problem before the breeding season starts. However, Given that a mature sperm has been 60 days in the making, ensuring that each bull is in good condition and stress-free a minimum of three months before the start of the breeding season will give him the best chance of having a successful breeding season. All is not lost if a bull fails a spermiogram. If there are no obvious physical abnormalities of testes or history of environmental toxic stress, a bull can be reassessed after 60 days full spermatogenesis cycle to judge if their fertility has improved. This time frame can also be used to recheck diets and living conditions to ensure there are no underlying environmental factors. As the cost of a fertility test is small compared to the value of a calf, speak to your local vet practice about giving the boys a home visit to check they're able to meet their contractual obligations this season. Thanks very much for listening to this audio edition of the February 2023 Agribusiness News. This edition was edited by Anna Sellers and included articles written by Christine Beaton, Mark Bauscher-Gibbs, Sarah Balfour, Kirsten Williams, Daniel Stout, Alistair Beatty, Rebecca Audsley, Mary Young and Ian McCormick. Presented by myself, Tiffany McTaggart and produced by Alistair Trail.